James chapter 2 and verse 14 through 26. James chapter 2 and verse 14. What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful for the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show, thee, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. Wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So the title of the message tonight, Has Your Faith Been Proven? Has Your Faith Been Proven? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege we have to open your precious word. And I pray as we look into the word of God again tonight, that will allow you to search our hearts and examine us before you and, and, and have your will and way that you might be glorified and we might be helped. And we'll just be careful to thank you and praise you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, faith is something a lot of people talk about. But what is faith? The definition of faith here in this chapter is a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust and holy fervor born of faith and co-joined with it. Now, there's a couple of little variations of the definition in this chapter. When it talks about the devil's belief, it simply means... Um, where is it here? It notes the mere acknowledgement of existence. But genuine faith that saves a person is a conviction or belief respecting a man's relationship to God and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust, a holy fervor born of faith and co-joined with it. Now, it's talking about a conviction, and a conviction is a fixed or firm belief. And to describe that definition, a fixed or firm belief, there was a statement given on dictionary.com. It was this, quote, No clever argument, no persuasive fact or theory could make a dent in his conviction in the rightness of his position, unquote. So what conviction really is, is it's something you believe in to the point where you're willing to suffer for it or you're willing to die for it. And nothing is going to shake you from it. And that's kind of the idea here of biblical faith. Faith that saves. Faith that lives for God. It's faith 
it's a conviction, it's, 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 it's a faith that has convictions that you're willing to pay. You're willing to suffer for. You're willing to stand if it costs you. In Psalm chapter 15, in verses 2 through 4, Psalm chapter 15, verses 2 through 4, the psalmist describes this for us when he says in Psalm 15, verse 2, He that walketh uprightly, and of course it's talking about a man who abides in the tabernacle of God, who dwells in his holy hill. So the, kind of the picture of a, a man who's walking with God, who has a relationship with God. And this is what he said about him in verse 2. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness, speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. And notice this, this next phrase. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. In other words, he, when he believes it, nobody's going to change it even if it costs him. He's going to swear to his own hurt. He's going he's to stay fixed on his own belief, even if it hurts, even if it costs him. So as we think about that faith and that kind of faith, I want to notice, first of all, I want to three things about, about this. First of all, the basis of faith. The basis of any faith is given to us in verses 15 and 16 and verse 9. Verse 15 and 16 says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Then verse 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Now, we can sum those two, three verses up by saying this. They give us information. They give us information. Verse 15 and 16, give us information about a brother or sister who's destitute of daily food. Now, verse 19 tells us that there is one God. That's information. Okay? So, there's information here given about a brother or sister who's, who's destitute and needs help. And there's also information here about God. And that's where we gain knowledge. Knowledge is hearing or receiving information. Romans 10.17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That word hearing there means instruction, namely oral, uh, and specifically refers to the preaching of the gospel. I remember when that verse was, was, was spoken, there weren't any New Testaments yet. So it was, it was oral, and, and so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And it's, it's through information that we can increase our faith. That is the basis of our faith. We have to have information before we can have faith. So that is the basis for all faith, even a devilish faith that the devils have. And so that is the basis for faith. Now, we see two kinds of faith in this chapter. One, 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 one writer describes three, but, but I'm going to boil it down to two for sake of time because you know, I do want to get done before 730. Uh, we have, first of all, dead faith, dead faith. In verses 14 through 17, again, it says, Whether the prophet, my brethren, so there's no prophet in this, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth the prophet? So you got the information, but you don't do anything with it. 
Even so, faith that hath not works is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Uh, so again, here, what we see here is dead faith. We hear the information, we've gained the knowledge, but we don't do anything with it. We don't respond. There's no appropriating it to oneself. It'd be like me saying the other, the, the, the more, uh, uh, other uh, Sunday, well, I didn't actually say it. Beverly, you know, I, I, I approached Beverly about this to, to get some meals from Mrs. Brock, and she'd get all you ladies together and say, you know, we want to get some meals from Mrs. Brock, and, we, and say, oh, she needs some help, she needs some help, and none of you do anything. Now, I know that's not the case, because I looked at the sign-up sheet, and it's all filled up. And she got a lot of food today. Praise the Lord. Uh, but, you know, it'd be like saying, oh, yeah, we hear Mrs. Brock needs some food, but we don't do anything. In other words, we didn't appropriate or act on the information. That's dead faith. We know it. We know. We know the, know, know the need. You know, we know the need here. A brother or sister is destitute of daily food. We know what the need is. But oh, we say, well, I hope everything goes well for you. Have a good day. I'm glad to know you could use some help. And I hope you're able to get some. We'll pray for you. You know, you know, I believe in God, that Jesus is God's son. You know, that's what the devils say, that you know, the devils believe. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble, the Bible says here. You know, the devils believe there's God. They believe that Jesus is God's son. You know, a person can say, I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is God's son. I believe he died and even rose from the dead. But it doesn't do any good if you don't appropriate his sacrifice for sins to your account. By repentance and faith. See, the devils believe all that and they tremble. And again, the word believe here in verse 19, where it says the devils believe, is it denotes the mere acknowledgement of his existence. They know. The devils know. You remember when Jesus was casting out the one, the one demon, we said the, the demon said, We know who thou art. And Jesus told them to hold his peace. They knew who he was, they, and they, they know it, and they tremble. The word tremble means they shudder, or they are struck with fear. They're horrified. You know, some, a lot of people that have faith are afraid. What's going to happen? Live in constant fear. The Bible says that he's not given us a spirit of fear, First, Second Timothy 1.7. Not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so, we see here, this is, this is dead faith. They have the information. They have the knowledge. But they don't appropriate it. They don't act on it. They don't act on it. It's, it's, you know, it, even in a Christian life, we can do that. You might hear something in the Word of God, but if you don't act on it and make it right, what good is it? And so, dead faith. But don't you notice also, there is dynamic faith. In verses 21 through 26, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought? And that word wrought is very important. 
wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God and was imputed unto him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Now this is not teaching a work salvation. What it is teaching us is that if we have genuine faith, it will demonstrate itself in the things that we do. Again, your faith is, you know, we, we get faith from information received, and it's demonstrated then by action that is produced. I act upon that information. In other words, so faith, I get the information, I have, and, 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 and that gives me conviction. You know, conviction is, 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 a, is, a, is a, a something you will, is a fixed or firm belief. You know, I really believe this. And nothing argument is going to deter me from it. And, and the Bible says here that faith wrought with his works. Now, the word wrought means to put forth power together with and thereby to assist with one. Faith was not inactive, but co- by co-working caused Abraham to produce work. So, so it's to put forth power together with and thereby assist the information. So we get the information, and there's a power put to it that co-works with it that causes us to act. Now, an example of this, uh, co-working with it, is Mark 16, 20. It says, when they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Talking about disciples. How the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So the Lord worked with them. So we receive the information. We believe that. And it includes a trust or a, and a holy fervor with conviction, which causes us to act. Now, let me give you an illustration of this. Um, in 94, in 94, we went, uh, moved to New Brunswick, Maine, to work in a camp ministry. And one of the, one of the things that, there were some, some issues there we had with it, and there were some things that they said they wanted to change, and, and I said I would need to be changed if we were going to come on board and work for this camp, and that was, had to do with dress standards. So they agreed to that. They said that's the direction they wanted to go. So uh, we went. We sold half our earthly goods, moved a thousand miles, you know, and and got involved in the camp ministry. We had camp that summer. Establishing those uh, standards was a trip, to say the least. We fought with every child that came for at least three days. But they all succumbed to the, the new standards, and we had a great camp. However, there was one little boy that complained. Anyway, after camp, the camp director came to me and said um, that he didn't want to retain those standards. You know, he felt like it hurt the camp, and he wanted to go back. And I said, that's fine, if that's what you want to do. But I can't. I said, I didn't come a thousand miles to try it. 
this is what I believe. And I've got convictions about it. And I can't go back. It cost us a move from there. You see, that's what real faith does. You see, he didn't really have faith. He didn't have convictions about what he said he believed. No, he's just going to try it. That's not real faith. Now, something else about dynamic faith, and I know this sounds crazy, but understanding is not necessary. Knowledge, but not understanding. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I'm not saying it's not without logic. If you have faith in a God who has all power, who has wisdom past finding out, who's omnipresent, is it, it is logical that nothing is impossible with Him. Now, let me say that again. If you have faith in a God who has all power, He has all knowledge, He's, he's, he's omniscient, he has, He's all-knowing, He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. It's not illogical to believe that nothing's impossible with him. I mean, it's logical to believe that he can do anything he wants or desires. That he can fulfill his word to us. That he can keep his promises to us. You know, there isn't not everything we can explain or begin to understand. Because his ways are past, past pining at. You know, John 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So again, you know, it is to believe. It's not necessarily understanding, but it is, is, it is uh, receiving the information or knowledge and acting on that knowledge. You know, a man came to D.O. Moody and said, he asked him for an explanation of a difficult passage in the Bible. He said, how do you explain it? Moody said, I don't. He said, well, how do you understand it? He said, I don't understand it. And the interrogator said, you don't believe it then? He said, oh, yes, I do believe it. I believe many things I don't understand and can't explain. You know, when I come in the door, the first thing I did was flip that light switch on. Now, I can't really explain to you how electricity comes from the power plant and comes through the wires and comes into this building, down there in that box, looks like a mess, and comes to that light switch, and when I flip it, the lights come on. Now, somebody could probably explain that to you, but I can't. But I still believe it because I turned on the light switch, and I expected the lights to come on. You know, I don't understand how that when I put that piece of chicken in my mouth today at lunch, that it goes into my stomach, and my stomach breaks it down, and it goes through my intestines, it gets breaking down, and the nutrients go into my bloodstream and are taken to my various parts of my body to retain my health and vigor at 57 years old. Uh, no, uh, you know... And, and, enlarging me. No, uh, you know, I don't understand how all that works, but I believe it because I ate it. And I'm going to keep doing so. 
Vance Havner said, quote, if you cannot always get the right explanation for some scripture, be sure you don't miss the personal application of it. God's trustful children can experience divine truths which they cannot explain. I mean, think about it. Can you explain to me how Gideon defeated those, all these Midianites with 300 men and pitchers and lamps and trumpets? Or can you explain to me how God created the world out of nothing, out of things which do not appear? Can you explain to me God feeding two to three million people in the wilderness with angel food? I mean, can you explain to me the crossing of the Red Sea or the Jordan River during flood season or the conquering of Jericho or Caleb driving out those giants or David feeding to Goliath or Elijah on Mount Carmel praying down rain or those three Hebrew men delivered from the furnace so hot it killed those that threw them in and the hair was not singed, their clothes were not burned, they didn't even smell like fire, and the haughty king saying, there's a fourth one in there walking around, and he looks like the Son of God. Now you explain that to me. I don't understand it. But I believe it. I believe it. You see, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, let me say that again. Faith is the substance of things hoped. What does hope mean? Things expected. That's what hope means, expectation. We can expect that God is going to do what he has said he will do. And so we ought to believe it. He is our expectation. In fact, Psalm 62.5 says, our expectation is to be of Him. We can expect that He will do what He says. You know, again, I can't understand, I cannot explain the virgin birth. I can't explain how God got used 40 different men to write a, this book that over, over 1,600 years, periods of time, and it doesn't contradict itself. You know what? I can't even understand how God can promise that if I tithe and give offerings, I'll have sufficient and more than if I kept what he said is his. Because I don't know the last time I figured it didn't figure out on paper. But I know it's true. I've experienced it. See, that's what faith is. Faith is a conviction. And it's based on the information. And there's an interesting statement here I want to draw your attention to. In verse, let's read verse 21 through 23. It says, When Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by faith, by works, I'm sorry, was faith made perfect. And notice this phrase, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith. Abraham believed God, and it was reputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. See, faith takes the word of God as its basis. 
and believes that God will fulfill what he has said and will act on it. Will put his life on it. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They based their life, their existence on God's promise. They were prepared to die. But if they knew that, they knew that if they died, they'd go to be with the Lord. They, they believed that God would deliver them in some way. They just didn't know how it was going to come out. You see, we need, to, we need to just trust God in every situation. It's sort of like, you know, I, I was thinking of ways to try and illustrate this. John 3, 8 tells us, The wind bloweth where it listeth, now hearest the sound of it, canst not tell whence it cometh. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You know, the wind blows, but you can't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. You don't necessarily see someone's faith, but you see the effects of their faith. And we see here the evidence of Abraham's faith. You know, again, faith is like the wind, and its effects is evident. Faith in the heart moves the body to act, to work, to do things. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. In verses 17 through 19, this is the account that, that James is talking about in Abraham's life. In Hebrews 11, verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received, had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So God had get, promised Abraham a son, an heir. And, of course, that promise was given like 25 years before it actually happened. And, and Abraham questioned God. You know, I, I you know, still don't have an heir. And, 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 you know, he tried to help God. Sarah tried to help God. Well, I want you to have a son by Hagar. And he did. That's where all these Arabs come from. But he said, no, you're going to have a son by Sarah even at 90 years old. And he said, this is the promised seed. And then he tells him, he tries him, he tests him. He's going to prove his faith. You go offer him on the mount as a sacrifice to me. And Abraham, the Bible says, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, the only one that he had. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called Notice verse 19. Accounting, in other words, he believed, he was a firm conviction that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he had received him in a figure. Of course, it's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will be put to death and raised from the dead. And we, of course, we know from the story in Genesis that Abraham didn't actually go through with the offering. The sacrifice of the son, God stopped him, but he was going to. He was willing to. it From his heart, he was willing to offer Isaac. Believing. He had a firm conviction that God was going to raise him up. You see, it was faith with conviction. A faith willing to suffer. A faith willing to give up that which was dearest to him. You know, in 2 Thessalonians chapter... One, 
Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses three through five. Again, this was this 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 act of Abraham was a token or evidence or proof of his faith. Second Thessalonians one three through five says, "We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth." So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your faith, patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. You see, the, the, the fact that the, the church at Thessalonica was willing to suffer to endure the persecutions, even in the midst of the persecutions, they, they gave... They, they, gave, they were charitable toward each other. And their faith was growing. And he said it's a manifest token. And the word token is it's evidence or proof of your faith. And again, faith is proven by our works. This is genuine faith. And so, your works prove our faith is real. It proves that our faith is genuine. It proves it to us, and it proves it to others. And again, another illustration he gives here is of Rahab in verse 25. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way. Okay, what was, again, what was the basis of Rahab's faith? Well, Joshua tells us in Joshua chapter 2 and verses 8 through 14 what the basis of her faith was. Joshua 2, verses, uh, verse 8, Joshua 2, 8, the Bible says, and, she, and, and before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto them, I know, knowledge, I know, that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is falling upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, Swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token. Notice what she says. The Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. You see, she recognized. Because she heard. She heard. And she acted on what she heard. She said, I know. I know. The Lord's given you this land. So she acted on what she heard. She believed and acted. You know, John ten twenty seven says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And then it says, And they follow me. They follow me. You know, if someone doesn't want to follow the Lord, you know what they're really saying? I'm a goat. I'm a goat. And when the Lord comes, he's going to divide the sheep from the goats. 
No, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. You see, real faith is demonstrated by our actions. It's not just words. It's based on information we receive, knowledge that we receive, and we act on it. We act on it from our heart. You know, we see this even worked out in, you know, if you were to go to interview for UPS, you can tell them, I work hard. I will be a great benefit to your company. I'm sure this Andrew Tittle will know all this. But are they going to say, well, well, seeing we know all that, we'll just give you a management position. Did they tell you that, Andrew? No. No. They'll give you a job, but you have to what? Prove yourself. See, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. You know, there were a lot of the children of Israel. Hebrews chapter 4 says that, you know, there were many that turned back. And Hebrews 4 tells us why they turned back. (coughs) Hebrews 4 in verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith. In them that heard it. They heard the same things. You know, think about it. The Pharisees heard almost a lot of the same things the disciples heard. And they crucified Jesus. What's the difference? It wasn't mixed with faith. They didn't really believe it. Now, they knew he was a man sent from God. Nicodemus said, we know. Nicodemus was one of them. He said, we know. He didn't say, I know. He said, we know. You're a man sent from God. For no man, think about the phrase here, no man. No, no, somebody, there's something distinctly different about this man. No man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. See, they knew. They had the knowledge, but didn't change the heart. It was not mixed with faith. The information you receive from the word of God, is it changing your heart? Does it become a conviction that causes you to change, to act in obedience to the Lord. And so, faith, true genuine faith, produces or demonstrates itself with works, with conviction, obedience to the Word of God. So what kind of faith do you have? Let's pray.